try to leave, they'll have to go through us. So what do we do? Find our way to the shuttle? There are too many. Besides, I don't want to hurt them. I hate to tell you this, but they don't care. This ship is going down, and those soldiers, my brothers, are willing to die and take you and me along with them. You're a good soldier, Rex. So is every one of those men down there. They may be willing to die, but I am not the one who is going to kill them. So we're just gonna surrender? Admit defeat? Is that it? No. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode! Ahsoka and Rex find themselves cornered on their own Star Destroyer by their own troopers and Order 66! But even with Maul acting as a Hydro Spinner in the works, our heroes, aided by three heroic astromechs, make their escape and bury their dead! Hey troops, it's your old buddy Bucho, a Clone Wars rookie on my first ever journey through the Clone Wars. Next to me in the dropship, he has been through the first six seasons of the Clone Wars three whole times. He's the Palpatine to my Anakin. No, of course not. He is the former Jedi Padawan Ahsoka to my former 501st Clone Trooper Commander Rex. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. Hello there. And we are going to talk about the 133rd and final question mark episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. An episode directed by Nathaniel Villanueva or Villanueva and it's an episode written by Mr. David Filoni. It's season 7, episode 12, Victory and Death. So Robbie, let's just roll out by getting straight into season 7, episode 12, Victory and Death. Let's do it. Let's do it. Which opened exactly where the previous episode Usher to be shattered left off with Ahsoka and Rex trapped in a medical bay by their own Order 66 infected clone trooper pals as a mournful choir sings on Kevin Kiner's score and then boom the clones breach the door and then boom the clones are all taking a little nap as Ahsoka Rex and the droid patrol of cheap GG and R7 I think I called GGCT in the previous episode and I don't know why because I guess my ears are bung <laughs> and when I heard CT and I, I remember hearing CT or my brain thinking it heard CT and thinking why would they call a droid CT they'll get confused with all the clone troopers that are CT something but anyway it's GG and they make for the hangar bay and that's when we cut to Maul who is somewhat less gentle than Ahsoka and Rex in his escape attempt and that's an escape attempt which involves force pulling the Venator class Star Destroyer out of hyperspace in a move which as Ahsoka and Rex and the droids soon discover puts them in the gravitational field of a nearby moon and when R7 gets the hangar bay doors open 
They finally locate their shuttle. They also see about 100 Order 66 infected 501st clone troopers are waiting for them. And that those troopers are led by... Dun, dun, dun. Their old pal, our old pal Jesse. And Rex points out to Ahsoka that each and every one of those clones is willing to die to prevent Rex and Ahsoka from escaping. And Ahsoka tells Rex that she understands that they are willing to die. But that she is unwilling to be the one who kills them. So, Robbie, this is about eight minutes worth of the final episode of The Clone Wars. How are we liking it at this point? Well, and this is one of the things about this episode is that it's not heavy on characterization. It's very much plot-driven, which is, you know, fine. But I also understand why they went ahead and... I feel like it was a good thing for them to release it very soon after the previous episode. Because the, the previous episode, there's a lot of characterization. I mean, there's a lot of plot, too, but we don't learn really anything new here in this whole episode. It's mostly action. So it was nice that it came so soon after the previous episode to just get this wrapped up. Right. I love the way that Ahsoka jumps in front of Rex and they coordinate their defense and offense. Yeah. I just, it's so cool looking. It's so awesome. And then, yeah, when we get to Maul and he gets to that hyperdrive room, or I don't even know what you call that. I think they literally call it the hyperdrive room in the episode. Oh, they do? Which doesn't sound very spaceshipy. It doesn't sound like a spaceshipy name. You'd think it would be called, I don't know. My naval jargon is deserting me at this point, but you have an engine room on a ship, so I guess hyperdrive room yeah. makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, his casual way that he gets to where he needs to go is pretty cool, but then... When he starts pulling, the, you know, the those big generators or whatever, he's pulling those down, and there's that moment in my head where I'm like, okay, is this a bit too much? And then I'm like, no, you know, this isn't this isn't too bad. You mean a bit too much in terms of not wanting to have these force users be these super powerful godlike beings when it comes to the telekinesis and what have you? Right. I mean, that's the you know, again, I know that I'm not the force use goalie or anything <laughs> like that, but I just. I don't need them to be that powerful. You know what I mean? Sure. So I just don't want it to be like that. So when I'm sitting there watching it, at first I'm critical of it, and then I just go, you know what? This isn't that bad. You know, I mean, we've seen in this show, we've seen the Jedi jump incredible distances that are way, way too much. Sure. So this is not that bad. And even then, you know, in those previous episodes that I'm talking about, I'm, it's really not that bad. You know, we can argue the levels or whatever but i'm fine with it and uh i loved the look on his face maul is just so irritated and angry i love it yeah with all the sparks and the electricity you know just kind of going around you know in the background it's just awesome looking shot and then that shot of the cruiser coming out of hyperspace all broken apart as it kind of flies past the camera smoking yeah it's just the smoke and the 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 sparks coming out and the and then you get behind it and there's the you know it's just the thing is wrecked from the inside, yeah. which is just very, very cool to see. And uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of brings me up to where you stopped. But yeah, that so far, this episode is is really beautiful. It's really, really awesome stuff. Yeah, and Kevin Connor, of course, continuing with his uh, awesome, ominous, oppressive, massive, gargantuan, epic music. And of course, <laughs> what we get next is Ahsoka coming up with a plan which involves the old... 
pretend I'm your prisoner trick and also involves Rex appealing to some legal technicalities so we get a standoff between Rex and Jesse as they have a little convo about whether Ahsoka should even be Order 66. I mean, when you think about it, Jesse, is she even a Jedi? I mean, is now order to cut Jedi down? But their chat is cut short when the heroic astromech droids drop half of the clones through the floor because, of course, the whole point of the chat was from Rex and Ahsoka's point of view was just to stall Jesse and the rest of the clone troopers. And as Ahsoka and Rex fight off the remaining clones, that dirty rat Maul scampers past and steals their shuttle. And after a brief tug of war between Ahsoka's force powers and the shuttle's engines, Ahsoka has to let Maul and the precious shuttle loose. And with that, Maul is gone. And also gone, poor old R7 Robbie shot down as he scoots past Ahsoka while she's doing a tug of war. And then it's time for more pew pew and bzzz, bzzz, as Ahsoka and Rex fight off yet more Order 66 attempts from their former pals, which is when Ahsoka uses her lightsabers to force cut a real nice circular escape hatch right into the floor. And so Rex and Ahsoka drop down to the lower level, which of course is the same level to which they had just dropped half of Jesse's troops moments earlier. So out of the frying pan into the fire, but not for long, because then the heroic Astromex, Cheap and Gigi, who are still going strong, raise the platforms with the clones on them, which saves Rex and Ahsoka, but it dooms the heroic Astromex. And at this point, we're about 13 minutes into the episode, Robbie, Maul is gone. But so are the heroic Astromex, Ahsoka and Rex on their own, still facing a whole bunch of their former brothers slash pals. How did you like this part of the episode? I guess we're coming up to the last act at this point. I don't know. It's hard to know where the act breaks happen. Yeah. But what do you reckon about this part of the episode, Robbie? Well, I kind of, like I said, it's, it's like I kind of feel like this whole episode is, in order for us to talk about it, it makes sense for us to talk about it in sort of stages, but... You know, if you were going to call this a four-episode movie, this would be definitely the last act. But it's there's a couple of things that I wanted to mention there. It's like Rex's tears, you know, when when he's trying to tell Ahsoka that, you know, these guys are going to kill us. He knows who they are, and he knows what they're like. And Ahsoka's tenderness there is just beautiful. And her, you know, the idea that she's not going to kill them, or she's not going to be the one to kill them. Robbie, that note was in the first part of the episode. <laughs> Well, I know. I'm going to have to edit that back in, Robbie. Yeah, you can. Sorry. I, nah, sorry. Okay. It was just one of those things. It's so good. But then the plan of them coming out, and it's, it's really semantics at this point. Ahsoka's not a Jedi. Come on. Right. We can't just yeah. kill her. I mean, it's one of those things that confuses you just enough to go, well, now, wait a minute. Is, that, is, is, he, is he on the right track there? And it's like, no, it's really just about whoever's a Force user, you got to take him out. I mean, which also kind of harkens back to the previous episode and that it almost makes you think, okay, well, if Maul's a Force user, maybe he's dangerous too. Sure. You remember that conversation we had about the idea about was Maul part of Order 66 or not? Yeah. But anyway, I love the fact that when Maul is fighting in this and when he's, well, in a lot of ways protecting himself, but it's pure rage. It's just... Maul at his <laughs> at his most dangerous and scariest. Uh, you know, it's funny that you say pure rage because I thought you were commenting in the first part of the episode where he just seems irritated. That seemed more like I didn't feel any rage from him. He seemed, even when he has that sort of snarky comment, he's like, hey, you wanted this chaos. Like, don't cry about it now to Ahsoka when she is trying to fight him. It's almost like he's just had enough, like he's had it. He's sort of almost... Defeated is the wrong word, but he doesn't. He almost doesn't seem angry. He just seems irritated with everything. 
Well, I guess it's the look on his face when those things are coming down. You know, all the the damage that he's caused. He still looks angry. And sure. He's just he's kind of snarling. Like I can't believe. I'm in this position. I guess it depends what you mean by rage, because when I think of rage, I think of someone who's out of control. You know, rage is someone going berserker, whereas Maul is, you know, he's obviously uh, teed off, but, you know, he's still in control, and it's almost yeah. like, oh, God, I've got to do it. Everyone, just get out of my way. I'm just trying to get off this crashing ship. Or maybe it's just because I just think of Maul as pure rage, you know, rage personified in a way. I don't know. Right, so do you th- do you not? The, here we go into semantics. Talk about semantics. Whether Ahsoka was a Jedi, do you not think of rage as an out of control type of anger? Because there's angry, and then for me, rage isn't a level up. And maybe this is me in my slight obsession with Vikings. But you know, a rage is a berserker rage where you aren't in control anymore. You know, that's why they talk about road rage, right? Right. Rage is when you've lost control and gone over the edge and more. One of the things I enjoy about him is that he just stalks through this place and is pretty much in control the whole time, you know? No, and I I mean, and maybe that's, I guess it's just because I think of Maul as being the loose cannon, you know, the, what do you call it? The agent of chaos? Yeah, yeah. But so even that's not rage, right? We talk, no, we're arguing get, semantics when we should be talking about this epic and iconic one episode. We're talking about, hey, this is this what, New Ze- does rage mean something different in New Zealand? No. I don't know. You're absolutely right. And I think that, the way that I thought about it was different. And it was almost like I attributed the chaotic nature of Maul as just rage, but it really isn't. When I really stop and think about it, you're absolutely right. So there you go. I like it. (laughs) But I love that Gigi saves Ahsoka um, as she's kind of, you know, trying to... Yeah. Trying to stay up there on that platform. That's right. And then when when the Force thing comes up with the shuttle again... I was like, uh-oh, here we go. And then I'm like, ah, eh, it's okay. <laughs> you know, because then I think of Rise of Skywalker, and I think, okay, well, even though that was pushing it a little bit for me, it's not terrible. So I just let it go, but it is, I have to say that I was, you know, I had my uh, my goalie mask on there for a second. Sure. I was just kind of worried that, okay, are we going to get crazy here? But we really didn't. And then, uh, you know, when she lets him go... And of course, you know, that's goodbye to Maul for the series. You know, the, you know, it's a series wrap on Maul, everybody. Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> yep. But then, uh, but then you've got Ahsoka again jumping in front of Rex again. And it's just, there's something so fluid and natural about it that I just really enjoyed. I mean, it's just something that I just, I think is beautiful. And, and that circle slice yeah. reminds me of something that Anakin's done in the past. But the way that she does it was is a lot more style because it's all yeah. using the force. And then she, you know, as the circle completes, she force pulls the lightsabers to her. It's just cool looking. It's awesome. Uh, and then, yeah, those poor droids, those poor droids get taken out after they've been helping. I mean, it's it's weird because I guess it's just because we haven't known them very long that it doesn't have, you know, it's not like R2, you know, being damaged or hurt or, sure. or worse. But it still was like, okay, well, these guys mean business and they'll take anything out that's in their way. So, I mean, it was kind of cool to see that they would be willing to do that, I guess. And so, after yet more pew-pew and Rex and Ahsoka fight their way toward a Y-Wing. But after Ahsoka force throws Rex aboard the ship in the show's final tribute to the fallen Mace Windu. I always think of Mace when I see a Jedi throw clone troopers somewhere, you know. I mean, in a good way. <laughs> Right. Not in a bad way. Uh, like a force assist. Uh, Ahsoka finds that 
She has misjudged her own leap as an explosion appears to drop the ship off the racks before she was ready. And then after Rex recovers from a flat spin, since he gets exploded away as well, and Ahsoka recovers from another failed attempt to get aboard the wire wing, Ahsoka finally skydives aboard, and then we get an amazing sequence of shots showing that Ahsoka and Rex have buried every last clone trooper, including Jesse, who we first met on Saliukami. I think I said that right. I don't know. Who knows? This is my last <laughs> chance. With Kix the Medic, of course, and Hard Case, who we also met in that episode. In one of the greatest Clone Wars episodes, Season 2, Episode 10, The Deserter. And, of course, we had Jesse again on Umbara when he stood staunchly by fives as they stole Umbara and Starfighters. And then when they faced the firing squad together. And we saw Jesse again in 79s that time when fives went to get help from Kix. And, of course, we also had Jesse on Anaxes. When he had Rex's back, when Crosshair was being a total nerf herder. And of course, we had Jesse on Mandalore, where Maul captured and interrogated Jesse to find out all he could about Ahsoka Tano. But now he's gone. And then finally, the final question marks the end of the Clone Wars. I keep saying that because there are these, maybe, maybe there could be some more. But for now, our final scene, we see Stormtroopers in both regular armor and in snow gear, and we see a full-sized Imperial probe droid like the ones we first met on Hoth way back in 1980, and we see the villainous Darth Vader stride past and stride toward the wreck of the Star Destroyer and stop before the wreck of the Star Destroyer and bend down to pick up that lightsaber that Ahsoka Tano had dropped there. And we see Darth Vader turn and walk away in the last ever shot of the Clone Wars shows his reflection, Anakin's reflection, in the glass of a clone trooper's helmet painted in the colors of his former Padawan, Ahsoka Tano. Robbie, it's done. How did you like the last few scenes of the Clone Wars? Well, I mean, first, I want to bring up the music again. Yeah. I mean, this is where I feel like Kevin Kiner was heavily inspired by Hans Zimmer and the Blade Runner soundtrack for 2049. It's very reminiscent of that. It's not in any way being disrespectful and just flat out stealing stuff or anything like that. It just has that flavor to it, yeah. which I really liked. It worked so well. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was really good. I mean, even the, as I mentioned in previous episodes where it's almost like John Williams mixed with more percussive Hans Zimmer-esque style kind of, I don't know what you call those. They're, sub melodies they're not the main thing sure but they just move the the music forward and move the action forward just really like that stuff and here it definitely reminded it maybe it's because i just recently watched the probably like the first 30 minutes of 2049 just a few days ago just to all right because i love the movie yeah and uh i just watched the first 30 minutes or so and the music there is very it's got that droning sound and it's almost like a metallic you know, almost like a warning siren kind of sound, which is very reminiscent of these final shots, the way that the music swells. What's so oppressive and ominous, and it just feels massive. So it feels like even though we're only watching Order 66 from Ahsoka and Rex's point of view, as that music plays, it feels like it's encompassing the whole galaxy because you know the same heartbreaking thing is happening all across the entire galaxy, you know? Yeah. That's how it felt for me. It just feels massive. I totally agree. And like I said, the way that this ends, and as soon as a, I mean, as soon as I saw that the Imperial shuttle, you know, from the from the Galactic Empire era, yeah, I kind of had an idea of what we were going to be seeing. And 
it just kind of makes you wonder like where in the timeline this is yeah, you know sure because that's definitely from empire and this has got to be what that had to have been like 15 20 years later right i mean i don't know it's interesting that the lightsaber wasn't buried though Right. So you think, wait, how much longer could this have been afterward? Because the lightsaber was pretty much on the surface. All the helmets were somehow buried, but the lightsaber wasn't. So maybe maybe the force willed the lightsaber to the surface. I don't know. But yeah, it's interesting how much longer could it be afterwards. I, I would have just guessed a couple of years, but I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I'm sure there's plenty of speculation about it online, but I haven't caught up with that yet. It's not like if you look at the Empire and the way that they, you know, they transitioned over to those new helmets at some point. Right. And just because we didn't see the snow trooper armor and the Imperial shuttles of that style till later in the series doesn't mean that they weren't using them earlier. Yeah. It's just we didn't see them earlier. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's kind of one of those things where the timeline is kind of interesting. And to me, I would have to think that it would be, I would say, only a couple of years, you know, or a few years later. Sure. It's not, it can't be that long. Yeah. But it's still interesting to think about you know it's like okay when is this going down and what was the purpose of the empire doing this you know because this isn't just vader doing this this is you know a whole battalion i mean are they searching for something in particular i mean who knows what they're doing oh i figured that vader had taken them there and that's basically that will be the 501st now right well right but but what's the purpose and he's like i'm looking for something and he knows that something happened there he's probably doing the his mop-up thing you know I guess. I don't know. I just, like I said, the whole thing is, is interesting to, to see or to speculate what the actual mission was. Yeah. Because it can't be, hey, I'm just going to go find Ahsoka's old lightsaber. There's got to be something that, you know, maybe there's some other purpose for them being there. Maybe it's a looking for a base or whatever. But then again, I would have assumed that he would know that have known that Ahsoka was on that ship. I mean, he has access to all of the information. You know, he's got high level clearance now, so he probably would have wanted to check up on what happened to Ahsoka in the end, you know? Because her mission wasn't secret. He knew about her mission. He was the one who sent her on it. So he knew where she was and what sort of region. And so, I don't know what sort of senses they have. How would they have known exactly where that ship came out of hyperspace? Right. I don't know. That's all It's all speculation. But he knew what she had been doing the last time that he saw Ahsoka Tano. And yeah. I'm sure that they sent out a report as they left Mandalore. So he knew that she had left Mandalore with Maul. And I mean, yeah, it's all speculation. Yeah, I mean, it, fun and to it, think about the way that this this whole episode almost feels like George Lucas's like tone poem almost. Right. This episode's more about the feeling than you know what you learn about Ahsoka's past, or it's much quieter as far as I don't know. It's like the meaning comes from just letting those images kind of wash over you. And you just, you're thinking, okay, what is Vader thinking at this moment when he picks it up? Is he angry? Is he sad? Does Vader get sad anymore? Is it a sadness? And then he turns it into anger? I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can kind of attribute, you know, emotions to what Vader is, I guess, experiencing at this moment. I mean, it's just a very quiet, almost meditative way to end this series. Yeah, I've got some notes here, Robbie. I dug that Ahsoka was starting to flag as the battle to escape the ship we're on. You can see her getting tired, getting worn down. There are times when all the pew-pew and the bzzz started to feel like it might get repetitive, but I like that they showed that all that repetition was having an effect on her. And another note here I've got is that I dug that the final few minutes have 
no dialogue, which is a very Star Warsy feel. Even as the music was conspicuously non-Star Warsy, you know, it's traditional that Star Wars movies finish with a period where there's no dialogue. And I actually have some questions here for you, Robbie. When Rex was sent into a flat spin, did you think of Top Gun and how Dave Filoni once said that he wanted to do a story based on Top Gun with Rex and R2? No, I didn't even think about that at all. <laughs> I was just, it, like, for me, that was kind of a, okay, so, yeah, he's going to get out of this. So Everything makes me think of Top Gun, and that's part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, get, I don't know. For me, I, I guess at that point, I was, st- I was starting to be a little, it's like, okay, do we need all of this? Of course, it was an awesome, you know, beautifully animated scene. You know, the fall of that... Venator class. You were even getting impatient in the final episode, Robbie. Yeah. Yes, I was. Come on. But, no, I, I did enjoy I understood it. your impatience early in the season when you're like, come on, let's get to the, see what happens in Order 66, but actually in the final episode, hey. you really need to pick up your Jedi training, <laughs> training, Robbie. I don't know. Here's another one. Did it bug you that Ahsoka broke the laws of physics by running across that piece of fuselage in free fall as she was trying to get to the Y-Wing? No, not at all. Did it bug you that Ahsoka didn't just use the Force to pull herself aboard the Y-Wing, even though any moments earlier she had done exactly that same Force trick when she pulled Maul's shuttle from getting away? A bit. There was a part of me that I was kind of like, when she's when they kept missing each other, I was kind of like, yeah. um, did you forget that you have the Force, that you can just pull yourself to that? And then, of course, you know, at the very, very end, when she's like reaching for it, and I'm kind of like, Really? Just yeah. Just just a little bit of eh, just a little bit of force, and you you can just grab that thing. I mean, what's the what's the problem here? <laughs> and did Ahsoka drop the lightsaber that Anakin had given to her because she knew that he had gone bung and turned to the dark side? And for her, that lightsaber represented her former master, who now was, I mean, kind of an enemy. Is that why she dropped it? Here's more speculation because we don't know. That's the thing. Well, but what was your read on that? I don't think so. And I kind of have to be a little bit dodgy on my answer there because oh, Okay. Say no more. I just I'll just say that. But to me it was and this is not a spoiler or anything. I felt like it was a moment of loss for her. It was almost symbolic that you know she's looking at all of these helmets of her of her battalion basically, you know. Right. And it's, it was almost, to me, it almost seemed like a rite of passage or like a samurai laying down their sword. She wanted to leave part of herself with her battalion. Yeah. That's how I read it. But I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they meant by it. I like that read, actually. I like that read that she, that lightsaber was part of her and she wanted to leave part of herself with her yeah. fallen men. And finally, before we get to our shots of the episode, or whatever, here's my last question. Did it bum you out more that there was no Hondo in Season 7 or that there was no Jar Jar in Season 7? I mean, look, the the thing is, I'm definitely a lot more forgiving of Jar Jar and accepting of Jar Jar. But I gotta be honest, he's not the... <laughs> he's not like, oh my gosh, all this episode dated was more Jar Jar. I mean, we joke about it, but, but no. Hondo now, that would have been interesting to have him come in at some point in this final season, but... I mean, I totally understand. I mean, there was there was a focus that they had, you know, stories that they definitely wanted to get through, and, and shoehorning more of the characters coming in may have disrupted things. I get it. But yeah, I think, uh, I man, I kind of always miss Hondo in a way. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. You can never 
Yeah, too much Hondo. Well, let's get on with our favorite shots of the episode, Robbie. What was your standout shot of the 133rd episode in the Star Wars.com clom? In the Star Wars.com Clone Wars chronology, season 7, episode 12, Victory and Death, Robbie. This one was tough for me to pick, but I think my favorite one was one of the final shots. It's as Vader is approaching the wreckage, and it's sort of a, a very, very high shot. And he's very, very small in the, on the screen, and you've got the... It's almost like an arrow, you know, the, the way that that Venator-class ship... There was something about it that was very, very striking, and it was... I don't know if that was my favorite one. I mean, there's... Again, there's probably 30 shots that I could have picked as my shot of the episode, but that one was the one that, to me, that was the most striking. Yeah, I maybe gave away mine... Well, when I was reading out the recap, because my number one shot is that very final shot. It's Anakin's dark side reflection and the helmet of an Order 66 clone trooper painted in the colors of his former Padawan. It's got everything in that shot. It's got Anakin, yep. now dark side. It's got a clone trooper helmet. You know, this whole series for me has been about the clone troopers. I shouldn't put it that way, but a big part of the series for me has been about the humanization of the clone troopers and the clones being human beings and course the fact that it's painted in ahsoka's colors you know that really if this series is about anything it's really been for me about the journey of ahsoka tano you know yeah if there's one thing that the clone wars is really about for me it's been ahsoka but the second thing is that it's about the clone troopers so i just love that it was a clone trooper helmet painted in ahsoka's colors and of course anakin's in there too so i don't know if that goes past my favorite shot of the last episode is my shot of the season it might do maybe i'll have to think more about that later but before we bring this one in for a landing robbie we need to sum up and we need to give our rating so after your two watches of season seven episode 12 victory and death how did you like it and where does victory and death sit on that four star robbie scale again this has to be the arc of the series right yeah for sure this is like when you watch this you almost think this is what they had in mind. This is why the Clone Wars cartoon was created, was this arc. It's just massive. And it takes a long, I, w- I would say probably six and a half seasons, to get to this story. But man, does it really pay off. And even though this episode by itself, I would say, is a 3.75 out of 4, it's still, this whole arc, if you look at it as you know one statement, it's got to be a four out of four, as for the arc, I would say. So I don't know. I mean, it's weird. It's it's beautiful in its execution. The animation, again, if you look over the series, it's just insane. It's just yeah. the the work that was done here. I mean, gosh, D. Bradley Baker, come on. Somebody needs yeah. to give him some sort of award because that guy, wow. Yeah, awesome. Just amazing, amazing work. Sam Witwer as Maul, you know, Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka. That's just insanely great performances here. So, yeah, there you go. I love it. Yeah, I gave it 501 Clone Trooper helmets on poles out of 10. <laughs> All those things that I put to you earlier, did it bug you that Ahsoka broke the laws of physics here? Did you get distracted by Top Gun? Did it bug you that Ahsoka didn't just use the Force? Why did she forget his Jedi? None of that matters. I just, I love the whole episode. And... I mean, what else is there to say? I love the whole episode. I've loved pretty much this whole arc. I'm really keen to watch it again in one four-episode chunk, you know, which seems like it's our design. I mean, each episode rolls straight into the next one, so I'll hopefully get that done during the week. And that's mission accomplished for Season 7, Episode 12, Victory and Death. So 
I'd like to take a moment here to thank our buddy DT once again for the logos we've worn proudly on this mission. I'd also like to take a moment to remind all you troops out there that you can check out Trusty Pal Robbie's new Twitch pop culture chat show over there on, well, on Twitch. It's a Twitch show. And so <laughs> if you head on over to Twitch and, sh- and search, Robbie, why can't I speak English at the moment? <laughs> if you head on over to Twitch, it's because I haven't had breakfast. That's what it is. I get up early. We do this recording and then I have breakfast while I start putting it together. I'm st- my, my blood sugar is starting to flag. But what's important here is not my blood sugar level. It's that. The Order 42 show. All one word. No spaces. The 42 is the two character numeral, not the word 42. So go to Twitch. Search Order 42 show. All one word. You'll find the Order 42 show hosted by none other than our trusty pal Robbie. How are things going over there on the Order 42 show, Robbie? It's going well. I ask you as if we don't talk about the Order 42 show all the time anyway. But for those who don't talk to you about it all the time, How's it going? It's going well, and I've got some really interesting people kind of lined up for the next, at least for the next week. We'll see what transpires, but I mean, we've got a director of photography that's going to be on soon. We've got the director, writer, editor of the Game Chasers movie uh, will be on, so I'm very excited. And of course, we talk about all things, you know, movies and TV shows and games and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be fun. It's a good time, man. Speaking of fun... You can join us again next time, troops, for a super special Season 7 wrap-up episode with, if the Force wills it, a couple of super special guests along for the ride. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we salute R7A7, and we salute Cheap and Gigi, and we salute Arc Trooper Jesse and every other one of his and Rex's brothers who lost their lives serving in the Clone Wars, and we are out. Remember, you can support Sending the Clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing this show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. The force will be with you. Oh,